Welcome to Resilience in You with Beth Page. It's thought that challenges and uncertainty make us the people we are today. Where success comes in is how resilient we are in the face of adversity. Being resilient means taking a break, creating a sense of calm in our storm. You start today. Here's your host, Beth Page. Hello, fabulous humans. Welcome to Resilience in You. My name is Beth Page, and I'm your host. It's a delight to have you here today. I'm calling in from the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territories of the Hlaat, Penelikit, and Stuminas First Nations. These families have stewarded these lands for generations, and I'm grateful to live, learn, work, and play on these lands. Today is a great day to be talking about resilience. I am delighted to be welcoming my special guest, Joanna Jagger. And Joanna has been the founder of a network for women in leadership in the recreation, tourism, and hospitality, the Worth Association. She's an educator, a mom, and she's been championing women in one of the hardest hit industries amidst this pandemic. She's a fierce champion for equality, and I'm grateful to have her joining us today. Welcome, Joanna. Thank you so much. What a pleasure. Joanna, what would you like our listeners to know about you before we begin our conversation today? I'm certainly a lot like many women who grew up in the industry. So we often talk about falling into recreation, tourism, hospitality, and I certainly fell in at a young age. I was exposed to culinary arts as a high school elective. I was about 13 and I loved the pace, the energy, the uh, fast moving, hot flames, deep fryers, you name it. I just loved being in the kitchen in that capacity. And so I fell into that and I grew up in it and I had a great career working through the ranks in, in restaurants, in hotels. And I'm really fortunate today um, because of setbacks in my career and because of learning that I, I saw this opportunity where I didn't see my place in the tourism and hospitality industry, I thought maybe there's many more women like me out there that feel at a certain point they don't have a place. They have to exit the industry, whether it's because they start a family or work-life balance becomes more of a focus. And because of that setback, I was able to... F- discover an opportunity to establish an organization called Worth for Women of Recreation, Tourism and Hospitality in really with the inspiration to say there is no space to talk about leadership, to talk about developing women. And we just don't want to hear that story of women falling into a career. It's more we need to be helping women get up and steer the ship and focus on their career ambitions And I see it's my role as minimizing the barriers that get in their way to fulfilling, again, their leadership ambitions and the roles they want to take on in an industry that is heavily dominated by men. And and I always say that we're a female-dominated industry with more women working in entry-level roles, mid-management roles, but we're certainly not dominating. So Mm -hmm. I see a big opportunity uh, to grow this network for women in this space. Mm-hmm. And as you reflect on your own background in this space, is there a particular moment or story of resilience uh, that uh, comes to mind for you through the various roles that you've held? I don't think there's a woman out there that's worked in these industries that doesn't demonstrate enormous resilience. This is imagining I reflect back on the times where you start a shift and you just wait for this influx of orders and stress and customers yelling at you and burning food and dropping plates. And, you know, that that is resilience to day after day to go into this environment that is just chaos. And for me, I worked as a cook and I remember one of my first jobs the sous chef, so this is my, my leader, my boss, <laughs> one of the sous chefs said to me, you know, girls just can't really handle this job. 
Mm. For me, that was such a motivator to, to prove myself. But unfortunately, this is what a lot of women face. It's that prove it bias, right? This, this drive um, to succeed based on somebody telling you you can't. And so that for me was a, the first test of resilience in mm. an environment where I had to prove myself. And then I had a, an opportunity to work in a restaurant uh, service, front of house service at a luxury restaurant, a five-star restaurant, and, and really enjoyed that environment. And then I started to see the inequities of sexual harassment. Uh, this was rampant, is rampant. And what we know now is that one in two women will say in this industry that they've faced it. But the vast majority of employers say it's not a problem in their mm-hmm. workplace. So for me, when I was faced with sexual harassment from patrons, from colleagues, um, this was a choice for me to say, I'm going to stand up and address this and talk about it and speak to the management to uh, eliminate it. Mm-hmm. And that for me was, was a re- resilience because this has just been permitted this mm-hmm. culture is permitted. It's, it's promoted. You know, the um, women are asked to wear short skirts as a uniform. Women are told, um, you know, to get your tips, do what you need to do. The customer is always right. All these things that make up a, a culture for young women specifically that give them the sense of not enoughness. Mm-hmm. And for me, that that was a test of, of resilience. And it, it continues, you know, the, the, a pay gap that I researched. I remember being in roles and being significantly underpaid and starting to question that, that wait a second, why am I being paid differently? <laughs> and this is not uh, unique to my industry. This is pretty rampant across the board, but I think that those are the tests of resilience. When you know that something is not right when you can see and feel in your bones that something is not equitable, even though it's always been the way it's been, standing mm-hmm. up and saying, okay, I'm going to disrupt this. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't make me popular, even if it, it, you know, your voice shakes <laughs> and you feel this nervousness. And, and I think the industry is predominantly, um, when we think about the young women that mm-hmm. are rising through that rank where they're, you know, serving because they're in school or they're needing a summer job. Those are the women I'm really focused on because that's when maybe your resilience is really tested. Mm-hmm. And um, the resilience of the sector uh, has certainly been tested uh, in the last 15 months. Uh, and uh, I think of, uh, in our in our own conversation about um, the people who are um, hosting uh, individuals travelers who are in quarantine through through hotel uh, and uh, these essential workers and what has been your what are the stories you're hearing from people that are doing this work this has been a really difficult year for the industry. And I think a lot of us do this work and are inspired by the industry because of the notion of hospitality, right? Giving that opportunity to wow a guest or make their day special or make their trip exceptional. And it's all about people and it's all about connection. So in absence of that connection, people are put into this idea of the pivot of how do we survive and what's the, how do we keep our restaurant doors open? Um, what is our hotel now? Are we supporting again, like you said, um, people in quarantine stays or uh, some hotels open their doors to, to nurses in the early days of the pandemic. So we get to this place of, of, of just survival mm-hmm. and it loses that notion of what, what hospitality is meant to be. So I think the struggle for the people in the industry right now has been losing that spark Mm. and really though demonstrating this grit. So I think the people that will be 
getting us through the pandemic and reopening the doors and having the most success are those that have had their resilience tested, but remain very committed and passionate about what they do. We're seeing a lot of, of people understand their place in the sense of essential workers. Like you said, you know, having a, a hotel opening to people who have possibly been infected with COVID-19 and, and escorting them to their room and cleaning their room and making sure that um, things are safe for people. It's, it's an enormous um, challenge and it's, it's certainly tested the resolve. And we've seen a lot of women leave and we've seen a lot of people decide, you know, we lose trust in an industry and say, I, I'm going to go try something else. Mm-hmm. And that's been really hard to see as well. So I'm, I'm inspired by those out there that are committing to finding a solution or getting creative with their business. Um, I'm also very troubled by the numbers of businesses that will close. We've seen over 10,000 restaurants close across Canada. Uh, We're predicting up to 30% of hotels will close. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is uh, a, a really tough time and almost a, a turning point though, to start to look at the industry itself and say, what needs to change as we build back better? Mm-hmm. How do we make this, this career more uh, approachable and enticing and rewarding? How do we mm-hmm. get balance back? How do we support people and their leadership trajectories? Um, how do we lose that culture again of um, maybe bullying and harassment and uh, Gordon Ramsay style chefs <laughs> running the show so I'm, I think this is um, not that I would ever want to go through this year again, but I'm of the belief that we're going to see a lot of positive change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as you um, reflect on, on the people that you have been uh, interacting with, who's inspired you during this period? I think of Shiva Reddy one of the most fabulous sommeliers I've ever met. I met her actually as a, at a, as a patron of a restaurant and she has this bright red lipstick and she came over to our table with such a flair and passion and knowledge for what she, she does. And she has had an, um, unbelievable opportunities to grow her career and it, it got really derailed um, through the pandemic. And when she lost her job, she decided to give back in such a special way. She, uh, her mom has dementia. And one of the, I guess the thing that brings them together is when her mom is in the kitchen, she lights up. And so I've been watching videos of her mom cooking. And she and her mom have been making curries and uh, meals for the hospitality industry. And she's calling it, you know, ready to help. And she's getting food suppliers to support her. And people are donating for the ingredients and supporting the deliveries. And um, this has kept her very busy through the pandemic, just to go back to that spirit of hospitality, go back to that spirit of, of helping and in service to others. And so, um, Shiva is somebody that really, for me, uh, embodies the spirit of the industry Mm -hmm. and demonstrates that kind of resilience you see when, you know, a lot of people could have shut out the world or left the industry or or just been really down on themselves. But she found an opportunity to help and support. And it's women like that that um, inspire me greatly. Mm -hmm. Well, and maintaining the spirit of hospitality and making it available to um, the the members of the sector who've been most deeply affected. What a pay-it-forward gift uh, for her to be uh, offering and making available to others. I am uh, inspired uh, by her as well. Uh, And um, delight in the um, sharing of her story because I think... um, uh, it's a, it's an opportunity for all of us to think about how we might give back. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with Joanna Jagger and uh, talk a little bit more about this sector, which has had such an impact. We'll be right back. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. At Dreamcatcher Consulting, Beth Page helps her clients assess and build resilience initiatives that support and strengthen resilience. Visit dreamcatcher-consulting.com for more information about the Resilience at Work assessment for teams, leaders, and individuals in a company environment. Beth is an accredited Resilience at Work consultant in North America who works with clients from all over the world. Find your resilience. Reach out to Beth now at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. Check out and order the second edition of Change Happens. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Resilience in You with Beth Page. We invite you to send questions or comments about the show via email to beth at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. That's beth at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. Now back to Resilience in You. Welcome back uh, to Resilience in You. I'm Beth Page and I'm here with Joanna Jagger. And uh, we started by talking about uh, the association that Joanna started. And uh, so let's explore the birth of Worth. Uh, how did Worth come to be? I suppose the birth of Worth was uh, tied in in the same similar time to the birth of my children. Mm. So when I mentioned earlier, I didn't see my place in the industry any longer. I had set big goals for myself to work for an international hotel company and be the director of human resources. And I was really eager to achieve that goal. And then I did. And as I took on that position, I was so thrilled to announce that I was expecting. And those around me were not very excited about that news. Uh, And I was speaking to the leadership at the hotel. And so I was sat down one day and said, and and told, you know, whatever happens at this hotel in the next few months doesn't concern you because you'll be off on maternity leave and you'll be watching Oprah and eating bonbons on the couch. And so that lit this fire in me to say, you know, what you're telling me as your HR professional is that I'm not welcome here and I'm not welcome to be a part of the decisions. And I'm not, there's no seat at the table for me because of, uh, you know, my family plans. And so for me, that was an opportunity to look around me and start to see the women I admired and what choices they made as they started their families. And I noticed that there was a history of women who had families that would move away or move into different roles or step back within the hotel sector and and tourism sector. Now, you have to understand it's a 24-hour business. So when doors of a hotel open, they never close. Mm -hmm. So the expectations often at some companies are that you're on and you're accessible 24 hours a day. And that was certainly the environment. And so for me, I, I took the mat leave and started to reflect on this and say, if the leadership is starting to make you feel unwelcome and you yourself are starting to question how you can balance a career in, in an industry like this, um, where are the supports? Where mm-hmm. are the conversations happening to minimize those barriers, ignore those voices, and to forge ahead? And I'm certainly not suggesting that women with kids can't have a rich career. They certainly can. But my uh, experience in, in the hotel industry was, was unfriendly. Mm-hmm. And so I took that time to reflect and course yeah you know that I pursued a a master's in leadership I really doubled down I wanted to take that year to reflect but also uh, pursue this understanding of of leadership at Royal Rhodes University and at that time I started to to research women and gendered leadership issues and had this big glaring question well 
where are the spaces that we could um, accelerate women? I see every industry has a network for, for women in, in leadership. And so I returned to a, a new job and at a, a Forbes five-star, five-diamond hotel after my first mat leave. And I had this great idea. I said, I am going to sit down with the women in leadership on our team. All the managers are going to sit down. We're going to have this great connection opportunity and a discussion on leadership. And my boss at the time said, you know what? No, we're not going to do that because we see all women the same. And I said, oh, well, that's pretty discouraging. Um, You know, reflecting, I didn't say this aloud, but thought, well, we don't see all women the same. Mm -hmm. We don't see all women the same when there's um, a, a pay gap of 18%. We don't see all women the same when it's 15 times harder for a woman to get a leadership promotion to a senior level in this industry. We don't see all women the same when we have occupational gender segregation of only women can be housekeepers and only women should be hostesses. Uh, We don't see all women the same when the culture of our business is sexist and demeaning to women at times. So I took that, you know, reflected on that a little bit more. And I said, well, he's not going to let me have a conversation about minimizing barriers in this industry. I'm, going to leave these four walls and I'm going to establish uh, an organization that has this conversation and not just has the conversation, but really ruffles some feathers and disrupts and shakes things up a bit. So we can start to empower women across the board to be bringing the conversations into their workplace. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we did. I established a event called Empower Her. And Empower Her was an opportunity to bring together a panel of senior professionals I admire. Mm -hmm. And one of the women I invited to speak, she had 40 years of experience in the industry. And I asked her, have we ever had an event like this in town, Vancouver? She says, no, I don't think Mm -hmm. so. And then I started to ask some of the um, friends and colleagues, you know, would you would you be interested in attending something like this? And it, this small little event, we had about 120 or so people attend. I had 50 people ask to be on the wait list. Mm. So I saw this hunger. There is this drive, this, this passion to say, hey, we need to have this conversation. We're not having this conversation. And so from there, we went on the road and we took this event to Whistler, to Victoria, to places where the tourism industry at the time mm-hmm. was thriving and this industry is bringing in um, billions of dollars to the economy, one in 10 jobs uh, in Canada, across, across the world, in fact, are connected to tourism hospitality. Mm-hmm. Yet nobody's having the conversation. How do we get more women leading in this space? And so I've been really inspired over the past few years that we've been incorporated as a society to see the excitement that this mm-hmm. conversation is happening. And for me, that's um, we've been able to offer a lot of different resources, whether it is webinars, events, scholarships, uh, mentorship programs. And we have a lot more work to do, mm-hmm. especially in light of this year where before it was about accelerating women into roles. Now it's about retaining women in the industry mm-hmm. and bringing women back women have made up the majority of the job losses in April alone, Canada saw the tourism hospitality industry made up 93% of the job losses in Canada. Mm -hmm. So we're really not out of the gates. We're in a lot of trouble still. Um, It's going to take a lot to build back and we need women in power at the table, making the decisions and um, bringing these businesses back and, and inviting visitors back. And I'm really a firm believer that if we have more women in power and leadership roles, uh, the culture will change, the environment will be better, um, we will develop more leaders, we will grow uh, more people to feel that this industry is such a great career with mm-hmm. so many opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's uh, shifting beyond uh, it. Um, being a career for a specific 
portion of time to have it be more of uh, someone something that someone can grow into over the course of their career. Definitely. And if you were going to um, uh, identify uh, the the key elements that would um, create that career path uh, for women in this in this uh, uh, fabulous sector. As you know, somebody who was raised in the restaurant business, I um, no course could have uh, uh, provided the training uh, that that uh, that lived experience did uh, about around people. And um, and so, if you were going to uh, be talking to a younger version of yourself and saying, "What's it? What's it take to um, to to have this be a a, a, a career for me?" What would the changes need to be to enable that to happen? It's funny. I always say worth association. It's what I needed when I was 20. Mm-hmm. So I'm no longer uh, that young and energetic, but I certainly feel for me that the conversations we're having now don't necessarily only need to be for a younger woman in the industry. It's pretty universal mm-hmm. because we see a lot of women that come to the association with self-limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. So they're holding themselves back a little bit, but they're also in an environment where um, nobody's really taking the time to tap them on the shoulder or show them the path. So for me, that starts there. And that's where my HR background comes into play that when you start in a role, especially in a larger um, attraction or restaurant company or, or hotel or, or any business, really, you should be able to see the path. So what do I need to do to get that promotion? What courses do I need to take? And what um, opportunities do I need to take on to to be eligible for these Mm -hmm. roles? For me, that's quite important. And so um, what I want to see more of is is leadership focusing on reaching back and reaching down and pull people up. I certainly want women to be doing that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, We often think about you know, those people that have been the difference makers in our lives, the people that believed in us or championing, championed our efforts. And I want to see that across the board, but there's a few things that need to change within the environment. And certainly it's this balance um, notion. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to see this across all industries, but for our own, it's this always on this, these constant demands. So, we're really burning people out Mm -hmm. in a sense of making people feel that um, they need to be present. They need to be on shift and be in the building for enormous amounts of hours and and, and invest their whole lives to the career. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the case. If we're equipped to develop the people around us, we don't need to feel that pressure to be um, the gatekeeper you know, customers are going to complain 24 hours a day and you don't need to be the only person to face that. And so I, I, I want to see the, uh, the balance established. I want to see the path for women being uh, clear. And I just want to see, um, you know, th- this support for women uh, to be their authentic selves mm-hmm. in environments where they can really shine. Mm-hmm. And I think that the industry draws a certain person. There's a certain type of person who really is passionate about people and supporting, um, again, that environment of of service. I would love to see more women in service of themselves. Mm -hmm. So getting that clear path and clear direction of where do I want to go? Where do I want to take this career and and how do I get there? So getting out of our own way is Mm -hmm. also part of um, what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, and the linking uh, to the Empower Her event, uh, it really is an opportunity to empower uh, the fabulous humans who make up this sector uh, of recreation, tourism, and hospitality. And uh, what an opportunity to, uh, to make a contribution in that way. When you look back over the... Um, the worth uh, uh, evolution, uh, 
Um, is there a particular high point for you that stands out um, that really affirmed uh, the decision you made to convene uh, women in the industry? Oh, there's been so many, but I think of two quick ones. One, a woman saying, I would never have negotiated my salary. <laughs> and that for me was, was eye-opening. You know, thinking back of all the jobs I've offered, sitting in the HR seat, and counting, I think there's probably only half a dozen women I remember negotiating a salary. So something as small as empowering women in that sense. And then one day I checked into a hotel on Vancouver Island and I put my credit card down and this woman that was across the desk lit up like I was Beyonce. And she just goes, you're Joanna Jagger from Worth Association. <laughs> and I thought, oh my goodness, what a, what a powerful feeling. And she said, I have been following what you've been doing and what you've been building. And again, back to that idea of this is the association I wish I had at 20. She was a student in tourism and she said, you know, you've really changed my life and changed the path I'm on. Mm. And I thought, oh gosh, what, this has been worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this sector uh, can benefit for having uh, more women uh, with that level of passion uh, for the work that they're doing and the contribution they're making um, particularly as we begin to shift uh, to reopening uh, and to uh, welcoming people back uh, to environments that, uh, that have, uh, uh, as a result of this pandemic, not been open for business for a while. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break and we'll return to talk about resilience with Joanna Jagger. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. At Dreamcatcher Consulting, Beth Page helps her clients assess and build resilience initiatives that support and strengthen resilience. Visit dreamcatcher-consulting.com for more information about the Resilience at Work assessment for teams, leaders, and individuals in a company environment. Beth is an accredited Resilience at Work consultant in North America who works with clients from all over the world. Find your resilience. Reach out to Beth now at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. Check out and order the second edition of Change Happens. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Resilience in You with Beth Page. We invite you to send questions or comments about the show via email to beth at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. That's beth at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. Now back to Resilience in You. And we're back with Joanna Jagger, my special guest today, uh, talking about the Worth Association and uh, as we've explored this topic, we've also been talking about resilience. And uh, Joanna, as you reflect on uh, your own resilience amidst um, these last 15 months, what has contributed uh, to you and your resilience? Oh, I think as a parent going through this pandemic, mm. there's been a real test of resilience. And um, my children are three and six years old now, and certainly um, facing the challenges uh, parents have with lockdowns or daycare closures or, or, you know, that balance of trying to be the professional at work and meanwhile having a three-year-old on your lap um, that has been a real test for me but also uh, an opportunity for me to see uh, things through their eyes and their needs and so early on the pandemic I really found this 
notion of play and mm-hmm. how I could bring that joy into my life through bubbles and sidewalk chalk and, uh, you know, connection. And, and so that's been really a beautiful piece of, of this time. Um, but also it really makes me feel for all the parents out there and all the mothers who have been impacted. Um, we know mothers have been more uh, impacted through, you know, extra work in the home and extra work trying to um, homeschool and all these elements. So that's been for me a, an, an element where I, I want to see more government support, more childcare, more um, attention paid to, to mothers. Mm-hmm. But I also um, encourage people to when things get as hectic and hairy as it has been this last while it's it's really connecting to your inner child and (laughs) just um finding little windows where you know you can disconnect and and so for me I'm I'm going to take that with me beyond the pandemic Mm -hmm. yeah they're um amidst uh much trauma uh, and uh, and a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety. Um, there have been uh, some silver linings uh, that uh, this pause uh, has created for people. Um, and uh, uh, I keep um, reflecting on uh, what are those things, aspects of life in the last fifteen months. Um, that uh, that we want to hold on to. You know, you shared something with me years ago, and we were connected through Royal Roads when you were my instructor in leadership studies. And I remember you talking about the idea of taking students in that sense and uh, you'll have to help me here, but polishing <laughs> the gemstones. And mm-hmm. that's the role of an educator is to take uh, somebody that is already shining and help polish, uh, you know, to help them see their potential. And that was so impactful for me. And you certainly have had a great um, influence on my life. And you certainly changed my life, uh, helping me see what I do now as a convener and instructor in the School of Tourism at Capilano University. I get to work with students and I get to work with this idea of helping people shine. And that's mm-hmm. what I took from my study of leadership is that our role is to support and develop and help people grow. And now there's people throughout this pandemic that, that they don't see that growth yet. Or, um, maybe they're not reflecting on the positives or if they took any, because of course it has been really devastating. Um, to, and we've lost a lot of lives and we've lost a lot of um you know, jobs and and, um, income and there's a a lot of grief. Mm -hmm. But where does that polish come in and where does that um, notion of helping people shine? And and I want to be able to do that as part of my life's purpose and work is to help others like you have. And I I, I like that idea for our post-pandemic life Mm -hmm. is to grow and see the growth and to cherish the growth um, because we've all grown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this pandemic has uh, had an impact uh, on all of us. Uh, and um, uh, I have not spoken with anyone who hasn't been changed by this experience. And so a little piece of um, this journey and uh, certainly this show uh, has been uh, granting uh, listeners access to stories of resilience um, that have granted, I hope, people uh, windows into their own. And uh, as you um, talk about your own experience, I'm really holding precious the possibility uh, that um, as we find our way through the end and um, out of the tunnel that has been this pandemic, uh, that people leave behind um, the feelings of unworthiness or not enoughness that you spoke about at the beginning of our show together today. Um, because there is such a possibility for 
there to be more light in the world, uh, in each of us, uh, shining out um, from within and, and being used to lift each other up. Um, I often think about this notion of, of um, leading our lives as a legacy to those uh, we love. And uh, how could we all lead, live, and love from a place of cultivating belonging and community around us. I think the community element is so key to that. I'm in agreement with everything you're saying. It's the community piece to what needs to happen differently for women, for children, uh, for everyone really is that greater sense of community. And I think we can very much isolate ourselves in our busy lives and our devices and our digital space, but rekindling the community feel that maybe existed in generations past, slowing down Mm -hmm. and having some more clarity to our purpose and to our direction. And, you know, I think that this process as I read about the statistics of people who are willingly leave their jobs and find new paths and um, you know there's there's now studies looking at the return to work and how many people will pivot again and find new opportunities Um, part of me of course is really working on thinking of methods of retention for the industry but there's a part of me that says okay people are going to find a path and I think that, as I said early on, the idea of I never want to end my time on this planet and say, well, I just kept falling into this and fell into that. I really want to be in control of that destiny and where I'm headed. And I want that for others. I want people to be able to find their purpose and passion work. That's what drew me to human resources in the first place. I I thought that would be a role I'd have a lot of impact Um, to support others in their career growth and it certainly has been rewarding and now as an educator seeing that from the student side is is extremely rewarding so I I like that for women especially it's um, finding that place in our lives where we can have it all you know and try that you know maybe not all at the same time as they say but have it all in the sense of of feeling really connected to what we do in the sense of, of service and support um, to ourselves first and foremost, but to others around us. And that's rooted in community. Mm-hmm. And as I listen to you, I, um, I'm curious if we think of the women in this sector that have been so affected, who are focusing on survival who are, in the case of your one um, uh, colleague and so many others, providing service to the sector, um, I I start to wonder, so what's the first step to purposefully coming back into connection and community in a way that's going to support the not default or falling into, but the active step forward? What does the active step forward look like? I believe that we need to have the conversations and need to really listen Mm -hmm. to what's not working. So what we know about this industry too is that it's a lot of high turnover. It's uh, long hours. Often the work is casual or seasonal, low paid, informal roles. And this is where the, 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 you know, this is the, bulk of the industry Mm -hmm. and so that's a place to start in the sense of having the conversation about what are we doing (laughs) what Mm -hmm. are we doing what are what's the message we're sending and I feel that for the the housekeeping teams that I worked with for 25 35 you know they had that many years of service behind them and um, would lose hours when the seasons changed and shifted and so I know there's pieces to that that will always be in place because the nature of the business But I really want to have the conversations first and foremost. What needs to shift? Tipping is another piece for me is saying, okay, we're having a a tipped workforce. 
And so low wages accompany that or um, and inequities with the tipping so that some people are taking hundreds and hundreds of dollars with them every evening uh, and others, maybe a kitchen worker has worked 11 hours that day and sees a small percentage. So these are the conversations I think we have to have to disrupt the notion of the status quo and why it's been this way and why we're continuing on this path without a much um, thought to the impact. And so I see it when in the industry is about 54% women and women are earning about, you know, between 14 and 8%, 18% less than the, the men in the same roles. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we get to consider and contemplate um, what sustainability looks like, what resilience looks like and what equality looks like. And as you reflect on um, your own resilience and the resilience of this sector, what are some uh, comments that uh, you think will contribute to resilience over time? Resilience over time in this industry, I believe it's rooted in respect so I mentioned earlier this idea that the customer's always right. That's where we're all, we're told that from our, an early age. We're also told when you get to work, leave it at the door. It's a show, you know, get, uh, pull the curtain and we're on in five. And so I think the, what I want to see is, no, the customer's not always right. <laughs> Sometimes we have to ask the customer to leave. We have to evict the guest. Um, and, and empowerment, it looks like giving the tools to anybody in the organization to make that decision, make that tough call to say, I will not tolerate this. I will not tolerate your tone or language or swearing or what whatnot. I also think mental health is uh, at a forefront of what we need to be talking about because Mm -hmm. this is an an industry with a lot of substance abuse. Um, We offer more free drinks than we do uh, benefits. (laughs) Free drinks might be considered a benefit after hours. So we're perpetuating that notion of of, um, uh, take a load off, but that can cause serious harm uh, to, to individuals. I also want to see that we are having... Uh, more of a um, development investment and what we know we're lagging behind on having the investment in our people. So training and conferences and, um, you know, any kind of additional support needs to be offered uh, to help people realize their potential. Mm -hmm. And I, um, you and I have both uh, highlighted the possibility of community uh, here. And certainly in my own experience, um, there was community in uh, feeling of community among uh, guests and staff uh, uh, when I was in the restaurant, um, uh, largely um, cultivated uh, uh, by my my father, um, I can uh, I can still recall a former guest uh, customer saying one time, um, whether I was at home or at the restaurant, I felt like it was the same place. And um, that's when I realized that uh, my dad welcomed people into the restaurant as though he was welcoming welcoming them into his home. Um, and so this sector uh, uh, that it that can feel like home for uh, people and for the customers that walk through the door and for the staff who work there. Um, are there any final comments that you want to offer as this sector um, begins to rise and reopen? I want the, I want to feel what you're describing. I want to feel like it's home when I go to work, when I go up to dine, when I stay a night, Also, I want to have that feeling and it's going to take a little bit to get to that place that we're back to our passion work and um, being able to open the doors and invite others without, you know, the the trauma that people have been through and the difficulty and and the challenges. And and I do believe this sector has enormous resilience. 
I believe it, it was going to thrive and be busier than ever. I'm sure there's nobody listening right now that doesn't want to get on maybe an airplane or go to a restaurant, you know, after being pent up for so long. But certainly, I think we need to um, ground all of our interactions in, in respect. And that is internal in our organizations, um, how we treat each other as guests and patrons and how we look at those people who do this work and, and, um, and respect their resilience, respect their drive and passion and work ethic, because there is no harder job in my mind than uh, cleaning 15 hotels rooms in a day or um, cooking dinner for 600 people at night. You know, all of these jobs are very, very challenging and demanding. So we have to respect um, those people who choose to do it every day um, with a smile. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Joanna. And thank you for uh, joining me today. Uh, an industry um, that uh, uh, 15 months ago may not have seen uh, um, essential work uh, as being part of the job description uh, until um, there are hotels that are holding and housing uh, international travelers who are navigating a quarantine. And so many thanks to all of the essential workers in uh, recreation, hospitality, and tourism, uh, unsung heroes, heroines, uh, and um, providers of crucial service. Uh, I'm Beth Page. This is Resilience in You. May you be enjoying a resilient week. Uh, And thank you, Joanna, for um, being part of today's conversation about resilience. Thank you for tuning in to Resilience and You. Please join your host, Beth Page, again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, if you find that you're facing some personal stress, try to find your calm. Be resilient. 